Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, D. Clark. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. I'm Lee Gowland. I'm Brian Davis. And this is the 49er Fearful UK Show. Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK show. On today's show I'm joined by Kenan Cornelius. Good evening Kenan. Good evening Lee. How are you? I'm very good thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. No problem. I've been looking forward to it. So do you want to tell the listeners where you're from? How come you're a 49ers fan? And have you been lucky enough to visit the city? Well uh, yeah sure. I mean I think that mine's possibly a little bit unique and said i'm actually from the city so uh, i was actually born and raised in mountain view which is uh, the next town over from santa clara um so where i grew up was actually about two miles from what is now levi's stadium um been a 49ers fan all my life in fact it's pretty much any sports uh, 49ers uh, in football obviously uh, warriors in basketball uh, sharks in hockey and uh, Giants in baseball. The only thing you notice is there's no Oakland anywhere in there. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, now the, uh, the the 49ers are my, are my first love by 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 some considerable margin. Uh, grew up going to games at Candlestick. In fact, one of my earliest uh, memories was a picture of uh, me sat on uh, John Brody's knee uh, with my dad sat next to him. So, so yeah, pretty much uh, red and gold all my life. So I think you've kind of given your ear to wear a bit there. By saying that you've got a photo yeah. uh, sat on John Brody's knee. Yeah, yeah, nearly 50. Yeah. So have you been lucky enough to go to any of the Super Bowls? Uh, no, no, I haven't, unfortunately. The only uh, championship game I ever went to in uh, Candlestick was uh, the earthquake game in 89 during the World Series. Right, yeah. Different sport, but still a championship. Definitely still a championship. So... You must have some. You must have been to some really unique games in Forty Nine er history. Which one stands out as the most memorable that you've actually been to? Um, for me, it was probably the the, the seeing Steve Young take over from uh, Montana. Um, it was it, it was a hard time because I think everybody knew. You know this 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 guy out of Tampa Bay was pretty good, but nobody knew that he was going to be able to take the mantle so easily uh, and well and the starting job really from Joe Montana um, and you know I, I remember the, the the oddest thing is was watching this guy throw left-handed yeah <laughs> so you don't see too many southpaw quarterbacks but uh, um, yeah but I went I, I went to a lot of games um, uh, but that you know yeah seeing Steve Young uh, start his first game at Candlestick was probably the big one for me yeah I can imagine that would have been a fantastic experience so the whole the whole Joe Montana Steve Young debate, you, you tend to find a lot of Forty Nine er fans put themselves into a box. That they're either a Joe Montana fan or they're a Steve Young fan. Me personally, I thought they were both brilliant. Um, Joe Montana would probably always be my favourite because he was the first. But I can see the argument why people think Steve Young was as good, if not better, as a quarterback than Joe Montana was. Where do you sit on that argument? I think that the perfect quarterback is uh, Steve Young's athleticism and Joe Montana's brain. Um, you know, if 
if I'm down by six with two minutes to go, I don't want anybody behind center other than Joe Montana. End of. Uh, and that would probably go to today, really. Um, love Jimmy G. Don't trust him that much yet. Um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, uh, I mean, the thing is, is y- y- I don't think you can really compare the two. It's like comparing apples and oranges. They're both fruit. They're both good. Most people like both, you know. Uh, but they are completely different. I mean, um, Joe Montana had a quiet confidence to him, you know, whereas Steve Young wore his heart on his sleeve. We all remember the, you know, pulling the monkey off his back at the Super Bowl yeah. and all that. So, um, but I think that the thing that's, that, that's really quite unique about the 49ers in a lot of respects is that w- with very few exceptions, except for maybe New England with the transition from Drew Bledsoe to Tom Brady, it's pretty rare in the NFL that uh, that a team goes from one great, well, one Hall of Fame quarterback to another Hall of Fame quarterback. And even after Steve Young, you had Jeff Garcia, who, let's be honest, in his own rights for, a, albeit a short period, was an extremely good quarterback in the NFL as well. So for years, we were spoiled, you know, behind center. Um, and I think that one of the big differences, though, is that during the, the Montana era, as opposed to the young era, had to be down to the offensive line. Joe Montana had an absolute stud offensive line. Yeah. Uh, whereas young, young didn't maybe have as good of that, uh, as good of that up front guys. So which one's better? Don't really know. I, I don't think you can compare the two, two completely different styles. Yeah, I think the same argue, argument can be made through the different um, eras of, of the NFL as well. There's a lot of people suggesting Tom Brady is the, the greatest of all time purely because he's got six rings. I would turn around and say that Tom Brady wouldn't have been able to achieve half the stuff he has done had he played in either Montana or even Young's era where the defensive end could actually hit the quarterback without, yeah. without uh, drawing a flag all the time. So Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Could not agree more. Okay then, so on to Sunday's game. Not sure what we can actually say, other than it was a bit of a washout. I'm sure many fans were disappointed that the monsoon-type weather robbed us of what could have been a very good offensive display by the 49ers. And I'd imagine as well the defensive guys felt a bit robbed of a few sacks, given the fact that Washington had to run uh, a run-heavy offense to counteract the elements. Did you manage to pick out any negatives other than the weather? Um... Obviously, I mean, yeah, it would have been nice to see some more offense. And I think that uh, uh, given better weather conditions, uh, I'd, have, I'd have been surprised if the Niners wouldn't have dropped 40 on Washington, if I'm honest with you. Um, that being said, you know, we, they both played on the same field. So um, they both had the same conditions. And at the end of the day, say what you want about the Redskins. They're still an NFL team. That is still a team with professional football players. And and take the wins and losses aside, they, they still have pride, you know. Um, I think as far as negatives, um, our wide receiver play, to me, the, the only, the, there's virtually no negatives on the defensive side of the ball to me, all any negatives and they're all relative negatives when you're six and oh, yeah. um, but to me, the negatives have to be on the offensive side. I mean, I think we're, I think we've seen just how valuable use check is to the run game. Yeah. You know, I uh, agree. Yeah, Ross Dwelly. I mean, he they 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 put him in on emergency service, and yeah, well, he's he's doing the best that he can. But I think Juice check Juice just has that certain he has a certain sixth sense about being able to to instantly 
you know, recognize what the defense is presenting and know exactly where he needs to be to block who to break, you know, to break loose our running backs. So I think that the, 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 the loss of use check is, is, is really showing. Uh, I think that it's good that we're six and zero, and we can probably absorb that. Um, uh, and the wide receiver play, I, I know that there's, I, I look, I see online that, you know, that, the, that we're talking about trying to find some, some help at, at wide receiver. And I'm normally the guy that would say, no, let's not do that. But I kind of think we do need it at this point, if I'm honest with you. Um, I mean, Kendrick Bourne, let's be honest, nice kid, but man, he, he wouldn't start on most teams in the NFL. And, yeah. and, and he's our, he's our go-to guy at the moment, you know? Um, so yeah, so I, to me, it's, it's, it's receivers and, and obviously the, 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 the loss of use check, but we're going to get use check back. Um, the problem is, you know, we don't have the receivers in my opinion. So, and I think that could ultimately come up to bite us in the backside, you know, moving down the season. So I have to admit, I think I've gone through the same transition as yourself. I would definitely be the type of person that turned on and said, Let, let's not trade for anyone yet. Um, let, let's bring them in through the draft or free agency and see how we go there. But the way we start the season, it looks very promising that we'll make the postseason. And you always look, if you're going to make a big trade, you make that big trade when you think you're going to get to the Super Bowl to, to just have that final piece in there. And we're looking a lot better this year than what I expected to be. We've definitely got a lot better record than what I was expecting us to have by this uh, part of the season. So, yeah, I think I, I am now similar to your mindset. I'm looking at thinking, you know what, yeah, wide receiver. I'd be happy if we did trade for a wide receiver. You look at the but, likes of um, AJ Green, that's that's potentially coming up. He's going to be a free agent next year, so potentially we can get him on a cheap trade. Mm. But it all depends on who else goes in for him. Yeah, and I think I think that the real key is don't sell the house. You know, yes. um, I look I look at what the Rams have done with Jalen Ramsey, and I mean they've they've sold their future. You know, is Jalen Ramsey good? Yeah, of course he is. You know, is he is he two first rounders and and what was it first two firsts and a fifth? I think it was or two firsts and a third, something like that. Yeah, I don't think he's that good. You know, um, I, I suppose one of the things as well. I mean, maybe this is again me showing my age. But something I have noticed that's, that, that, that's a bit alarming is is players demanding trades after one or two seasons in a in, in a city. You know that this seems to be a relatively new thing. I don't know where that's come from. Um, yeah, a guy like AJ Green, we could get him, you know, pretty cheap. Um, there's talk of uh, what's the chap's name out of Minnesota? Um, Stephen Diggs. Stephen Diggs. Again, to me, Stephen Diggs has diva written all over him. Yeah, he does. You know? and, and and do do we have to do we have to mortgage the future to get him? I think we do at this point. You know, a, a team like Minnesota is not going to give up give him up to us for anything less than anything less than a second rounder. And I think that when you look at what we've done with the draft over the last few years, you, know, you said that you not you didn't expect us to be this good. Well, quite frankly, I did um, because if you look at what we've done on defense, you know, we have absolutely stacked that defense with first rounders. You know, so so to the point that all it was really needed was Bosa, which you could probably do a whole podcast on Bosa yeah, on his own. Definitely. Um, you know, and then the likes of plugging in the, a guy like D Ford into that into that defense. So to me, you look at the 49ers defense and every you know, there's you go on to NFL.com and they're saying you know, you know, scary good, you know, historically good. Well, that's not by that's not by accident. 
So I, I do think that we have to be careful what we give up. But yeah, I do think we need help at the receiver position. So yeah. So so going back to that Jalen Ramsey trade, I've got a I've got to say, I think that was an excellent trade. It was an excellent trade for the 49ers. Yes. Because the way it's <laughs> yes. happened, and like you said, they have sold the house, and it seems as though they've sold the house for the second time in in the last eight years or so. I, I think that has done so much damage to the Rams' hopes of challenging for the next four to five years. It, it gives us one, potentially two competitors in, in the NFC West. Seattle are going to be a competitor. They're going to be a perennial competitor. Um, I know a lot of 49ers fans won't like me saying this, but I think Russell Wilson is one hell of a quarterback. Uh, I think what he oh, does yeah. with his legs to get out of it, it is the throws he makes are excellent. So I think Seattle are going to be there as long as they've got Russell Wilson. Russell Russell Wilson, to me, he, he's, he's your old-style sandlot quarterback, you know. It's almost like they give him the ball and just say, go out and make magic happen. You know, like you, like you, like kids would do on the uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, on the playground, and yeah. I, I think he's brilliant. I, I I say you know call you know call me what you will, but I, I think you're easily looking at a first round Hall of Famer there. Yeah, um, he's exciting to watch. He's he's exciting to watch, and by all accounts, he's a decent bloke as well. You know, you, yeah. you don't ever hear you don't read about him doing the wrong things. He seems to be the consummate professional. Going back to Brady, you asked, do I think he's the, the, the GOAT? Well, no, I don't think he's the GOAT for the exact same reasons that you said. You know, the, the, I don't think you can compare a guy like Montana who played in a you know, in a league where, well, quite frankly, you could pretty much rip the quarter's back head off until a, before a flag was, was yeah. thrown in now. Yeah. But I'd still say a guy like Brady, absolutely top five all time, you know. Um, and I'd say you got to throw Russell Wilson into that, into that equation as well, just because of what he does. And bearing in mind that he plays in a really tough division and that he's, quite frankly, undersized as a quarterback as well. So, Yeah, yeah, you're he, right. He, he, yeah, he has to rely on his athleticism and his brains. So so over to another undersized um, quarterback, and you look at how the Cardinals have started the season. That, that, they're not getting the wins. Um, but when you see the, the player, it, it looks as though they have turned a corner. I think not next year, maybe it's the year after, or even three seasons down the road. I think they may be challenging three seasons down the road. Um, so we'd have the Cardinals. I think the Seahawks are going to be there all the time. I think the Rams are out with this for the next five years. So going back to the trade, I think that's a great trade for us and everybody else in the NFC West. I'd go back on one thing you said there, though, is that, that I wouldn't say that the card that I do think the Cardinals will be challenging the next three years. I don't think they'll be charging that they'll be challenging. However, with, uh, with Kyler Murray as a quarterback, no, nothing. No, I, the, I don't know. It's just complete. I've got nothing to back this up. Um, but the guy's got complete bust written all over him to me. I don't know why, but I, I think, I think that there's a lot. There's a lot of shades of Kaepernick to him. In right. the, the, I think the league will figure him out pretty quickly. I've been very impressed with the velocity of his passes. They, they come out of his hand like a bullet. <laughs> I've been mm. very impressed with them. I mean, that's not always a good thing. Kaepernick used to do that. I remember him taking um, Anquan Bolden's fingers off on one of the throws. Mm. So it's not always a good thing, but it's still impressive to see how quick that ball goes through the air. I think I vaguely remember, I think it might have been Vernon Davis I saw actually posted pictures of his hands on Twitter <laughs> after after a practice with yeah. Kaepernick and his, and his hands were visibly bruised. Yeah. Okay, so back to the negatives. What, what I'm going to do, because... 
I didn't particularly pick out any negatives myself, so I'm going back to what was mentioned in the um, the group, the game day thread. And I'll, I'll pick up on a couple of areas that were mentioned. So I'll start with uh, Robbie Cold. His missed kick was in pretty dire conditions, and the Washington kicker had missed a similar kick at the same end of the uh, the field. So I don't think there's anything untoward in his kicking this season. I think he just hasn't been as accurate. He hasn't been on form like he has been other seasons. But I don't think there's anything sinister about the fact that he's missed uh, a few kicks this season. I, I think that will come back over time. Obviously, we've got Kai Nelson um, coming off his suspension today. I don't particularly think it's a long snapper issue. You have to remember he's had a different long snapper this season. He's actually had a different holder as well because Bradley, Bradley Pinion was the holder last year. I love Wisniewski, though. I'll tell you what, man, I love that kid. He's fantastic. He is hard as nails. I still, I still find myself going back on YouTube just to watch that hit earlier on in the season. Yeah, that, that, that was just out of this world. I think I mentioned at the time we should have been starting him at uh, middle linebacker with hits like that. No kidding. <laughs> so, so the other negative. I, I, if I may, real quick on the gold thing, I think the thing with gold is is that we, I think we've been pretty spoiled. Um, out of necessity, he's had to be excellent, you know, yeah. and and he's been there. There's there, there's been like this complete different level of kicker when it got to Robbie Gold over the last couple of years. Um, which is purely out of necessity. And I think that, that what we're seeing is that Robbie Gold is, what is he, 40 now, 41, something like that? 36. You know? Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. sorry. He looks older. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's because he's got the same haircut as me. <laughs> and me. Um, but, you know, when you look at a guy like him, though, is that I think that he's actually coming back to the rest of the he's, – he's a good kicker in the NFL. Is he elite anymore? Possibly not. Um but I still don't think he's bad. By all accounts, he—I uh, uh, believe he actually slipped underneath the ball on that first kick. So, um, but it seemed to me that once he got his footing figured out on—I guess you could call that thing a field. Yeah. Um, that that he was—he was solid the rest of the game. So he was, yeah. So the only other thing I want to pick out was Jimmy G's interception. Now, for me, I, th- I think literally a couple of minutes before I, I'd posted something like. Once we get it anywhere near the 40-yard line, if we're not going to kick it, sorry, if we're not going to go for a field goal, I wouldn't bother punting it. I would just get Jimmy G to put it up in the air, down mm. like a Hail Mary. Um, because to me, it was worth giving the try. Because of the field conditions, it was going to be exactly the same as a punt. Why don't, on fourth down, chuck it up there? See if anybody can I come think- up with it. I think the thing with Jimmy G, though, is if you look this year, I mean, he's, he, I can't remember, I don't know how many interceptions he's got at this point, but virtually every one of his interceptions this year has been in sort of that situation, you know, third and long, third and short in the red zone, stuff like that. And I, I'll be honest with you, when, when, that, when that interception happened, I actually called it, I said, this is going to get picked. And it, and it, it did it. I don't know if it's something that he does in his throwing motion, or he seems to be seems to be uh, broadcasting his throws or something. I don't know, because the, the I, I think he was really lucky that he only had one pick. He should have had three yesterday. Yeah, so I think Gareth Ellis picked up on that as well on um, last Monday's show when we were doing the Rams review. And he did turn around and he said he'd watched Jimmy quite closely throughout the game. And a lot of the times he is looking off his uh, first receiver. He, he's just yeah. staring them down all the time. 
Um, yeah. He needs to look to his second receiver before he goes to his first target. Um, yeah, exactly. But I think this particular throw, it, it was on fourth and four. So we're either going to punt it uh, and they're going to return the ball or chuck it up in the air, do a Hail Mary pass. We were at the part of the game where Fortune was going to favour the Brave because we weren't really getting anything going on the on the floor or through the air because of the conditions. We were kicking field goals, and I think Shanahan was probably thinking he's got that much confidence in his defence. Why not just allow Jimmy to attempt the throw, attempt a Hail Mary pass? Hopefully it'll come off. If it doesn't, it's exactly the same as punting because we're going to punt in that situation anyway. So the only thing it does is affect Jimmy's stats, which isn't a good thing either because, as you've just mentioned, he's had a few interceptions this year and they're going to the microscope straight away because of the big name he is, the big contract that he was given, the, the fact that everybody... I think everybody is waiting for him to fail so they can all say, I, I told you so. And when I say everybody, I'm not talking about the, the 49er fan base around us. You look at yeah. some of the analysts... You, you can just see they're just waiting for him to do something, something terrible and say, yeah, All you have to do is go on to, go on to any internet webpage, NFL.com, Bleacher Report, whatever the case may be, and look how far down you have to scroll before you find anything about the 49ers. You know, and I, I quite like what Richard Sherman said. Richard was, I'm going to loosely paraphrase him here, when he said, you know, if you had us winning four games, stick with that. You know, let us make you feel stupid at the end of the season. You know, we have got to be the most under-the-radar 6-0 team in the history of the NFL. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, obviously, we pick it up this side of the uh, the Atlantic as well. We, we know how it's, it's always been that way, mind you. Uh, it's yeah, it's yeah. the East Coast press. You never give yeah. any um, due to any West Coast teams. And this has been the type of attitude ever since... Um, what was it, 49 that they had the merger um, when the AAFL were invited into the NFL. There was always yeah. been a West Coast, East Coast divide. It's like the North and South divide in the United Kingdom. Yeah. There's always been that divide, and we never, ever get the coverage that other teams get, especially the likes of uh, the Dallas Cowboys or the New England Patriots. They get much more coverage than what the 49ers do. See this team though. I mean, I'm I'm I've been around a while. I've seen I've seen the 49ers for well, well more years than I'm going to say on here. But um, I've seen you know the, before the glory years of, of of Bill Walsh. I've seen the glory years of Bill Walsh. I've seen the hot dumpster fire that's been the last decade as well. Um, this team has a lot of shades of some of those early '80s 49ers team. I'm not gonna say the 1981 49ers but it they do have a lot of shades of that team which was a, which was completely under the radar nobody gave them a chance nobody they had a a young slightly undersized quarterback some kid named Joe that uh uh was supposed to be all right a kid out of Notre Dame you know yeah. um the, the 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 sum total of the offense was it was a uh was it was a, a a tight end some bloke called Dwight um and what happened and this team has, it seems, it it's almost seems as if, as if, uh, you know, Shanahan and Lynch in the offseason just went back and doled out the history books of the 49ers to find out who to model themselves after, you know. And, and that 81 team won on defense as well. So 
Yeah, it's big shoes to fill. Big yeah, shoes to fill. But big shoes. I'm quite I'm quite happy for that East Coast bias to uh, completely underestimate us. You go ahead and sleep on the 49ers. I'm happy with that. Yeah, so. to be honest, I, I like that attitude as well. That's the attitude I take. Mm. Yeah, haters are going to hate. Let them sleep on us. I'm quite happy yeah. to be the underdog all the way through the season. Absolutely. Right. So let's move from negatives on to positives from the game. What positives came out of uh, that rain-washed game? I'll tell you the biggest positive for me. The biggest positive for me is that last year's 49ers and the year before that and probably the year before that found a way to lose this game yesterday. Yeah. This team did exactly what they needed to do to win. And I think the biggest thing for me is not only did we get the W, I don't care if it was an ugly W, it's still a W, you know. Uh, 6-0 and is a hell of a lot different than 5-1. and So um, for me, though, it's it, it, it was that we didn't have any major injuries. You know, I don't think there's much that can really be said about the offensive play. The defense, I, th- I thought the defense was pretty up and down. I mean, the stats might show otherwise, but I think a lot of those stats are probably down to the weather. Um, Nick Bosa is, uh, what can you say about him? He's phenomenal. Uh, you know what? I, I say to heck with the defensive rookie of the year. I'd say he's, he's got to be starting to be in the in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Yeah. You know, I mean, his. You know, I read somewhere he gets pressure on the quarterback and one out of a, one out of four uh, snaps that he plays in. That's unreal. That's unreal. The the NFL average is like one out of seventeen, and this cat's getting him one out of four. You know, um, he's his his first step off the line is just. He he beats everybody on that first step. You, you you hardly you hardly see him ever use a swim move because he doesn't need to, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, th- th- there's a big positive. But for me, probably the biggest positive is that, like I said, last year's team, the year before that, they both lose this game. They both find a way to lose this game. This year's team kept their heads in really bad conditions, got the W, and got out of there without any major injuries. Yeah, so that's pretty. Pretty much exactly what my positive was, which was we, we got the job done in challenging conditions that didn't suit our style of play. And I believe we came away injury-free as well. So I think, yeah, it, it, everything everything about the game was a positive because of the way it finished. Absolutely. Right, so this next part, I, I think you've already answered this question, but I think we may dig a little bit deeper. So has the season lived up to or exceeded your expectations so far? I'd say slightly exceeded. Um, I've I've always been quite positive about this season. Um, I, I, I think I've, I looked back actually while we while we've been talking, I looked back at my preseason predictions. I think I had us at four and two right now. So I'll take six and zero. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, I had us at four two at this point this season as well. That's why I was quite surprised that we're at 6-0 and and we are playing better than what uh, I thought we would. And it was the Rams game. The Rams game was the telling game for me. Um, yeah. to, to go up against the Rams in LA against their defence uh, and do what we did, I think that that was fantastic. That that tells us, or that tells me, I think, I think we'll definitely make the playoffs. Definitely think we'll do that. Um, looking at the games ahead, I think I mentioned it in um, last week's review show. I can honestly see us going into 
the November the 24th game against the Green Bay Packers at 10-0. Because we've got the Panthers at home. I think that's a winnable game. I think it's got trap game written all over it. You reckon? Yeah. I think it all depends on how Christian McCaffrey plays. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey, and it also depends on... I think the one thing that this this particular that this that this management of the 49ers have been good at is keeping the players grounded. Um, don't believe our own hype. You know, yeah, we're we're undefeated. That's awesome. But you could be a one loss team next Sunday. So um, I look at the rest of the schedule. I see the Panthers game as a trap game. I think we're going to be up for the up for the Seahawks. Obviously, we have we have the Cardinals as well. Yeah, over the twice. Next, over the next four weeks, we got the Cardinals twice, and historically, we don't do well against that team. Well, we certainly didn't last season. Obviously, you got the Packers. That's 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 going to be a massive game. Oh, I hope be so, massive. because I'll be at Levi's for that. Will you? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping. Only, I'm only, I'm only a little bit jealous, but <laughs> again, Aaron Rodgers. I think that one of the things that the, the, the NFL fans over the last 10 years maybe don't realize how amazing some of the quarterback play that we've seen has been. Yeah. You know, we, we've, we've been gifted in, in, in the likes of, you know, Brady Rogers, um, you know, uh, some, some even guys like luck, you know, luck was a decent quarterback. I think he, I respect the guy for hanging it up when he did, when he knew that, you know, that he stuck with his guns, but, but even now, you're starting to look at that transition away from the likes of Russell Wilson, the likes of, of Brady and, and, and Rodgers, and you're starting to see that next breed, you know, in, in the likes of Mahomes. I'd throw Jimmy G in there as well, you know. Um, and then Lamar Jackson. Man, that kid is awesome as well. Yeah. Yeah, he was definitely... So there are, we, do, we, do, we do face... Yeah, we face Rodgers and Lamar Jackson two weeks on the bounce, and that one does make me a little bit nervous. Those two weeks, do. Yeah, so I've got to say, I don't know why, but it, it's the Ravens game that's got me more worried. I, I think the Packers mm. game at Levi's, I think it's going to be an absolute cracking game, but I think we'll come away with the win there. Yep. Um, the Ravens game does have me really worried because it's in Baltimore. I, I don't know yeah. why, but it does. And I think that's a game that uh, is going to be a potential banana skin for us. Um, well, we seem to play we seem to play well on the East Coast, but that is also in December in Baltimore. There's a good chance it could. Uh, if you thought this weather was bad, yeah, yeah, you're right. So yeah, so I, th I think it's looking good. I think we're going to go to the postseason. Um, how far we get, I, I think that'll depend on whether or not Shanahan makes any trades in the next. Um, I think we've only got a week left. I think it's October the 27th, the uh, trade deadline. So yeah. we haven't got that uh, that long left to actually bring in a wide receiver if we want to. And obviously it all comes down to injuries as well. Um, what sort of injuries we get. We've obviously had some key players out. They'll all come back. Um, but it all depends on whether or not we get any other injuries. I think one of the things as well is when you look at a guy like Staley and McGlinchey, you know, and you look at how the offensive line has played in their absence. I think that's actually, but if you talk about positives, I think there's a big positive because we're not, we don't have a, a yes, it's going to be great to get those two guys back in the line, but we don't have to rush them. You know, um, you know, the, the offensive line is playing solid football right now. You know, the, um, you know, the, the, the adjustments that have been made on that line, you know, with the, uh, you know, you're watching the, you know, the likes of, uh, you know, Kittle coming from, Oh, don't even get me started on Kittle. Talk about one of the most underrated players in the NFL. Yeah. Um, but you know, 
the likes of getting Kittle and, and Dwelly back from the uh, tight end position to uh, back up the offensive line. Yeah, so I think that's been a, a real big plus of this is that we're not in a huge rush to bring those two guys back. Yeah, which is quite surprising because I thought when um, Staley went out, I thought that was it. That's probably his whole season gone. So yeah. I've, I've been very happy with Justin School's um, progress. I, I think he's played really well. And even Brunskill, I, I thought he's done well when he's coming as well. And as you said, we've lost two huge pieces off the offensive line and we've coped. And I think the best uh, indication of that was going up against the, the Rams' defence, how well we coped there. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, don't, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, um, Staley was actually uh, taking some uh, pregame warm-ups as well. So uh, he's really close to coming back. Yeah, I think I read something this morning that said potentially he may be in line to come back for the Panthers game next week. If, awesome. if not, definitely the Cardinals game on the Thursday. That would be awesome. But um yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that it's okay. I think we can actually start saying that we're a playoff contender. Um, how far we go, again, uh, I, I, I agree with you. It goes back to receivers. You know, If if we don't bring somebody in, then we got to find out how good Shanahan is at, at scheming and be able to find a way to use the, tar- the, the weapons that we've got. Because the thing is, if you look at our receiver core as well, we don't have particularly bad receivers. Um it's just a matter of getting them, getting them all in. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm I'm really intrigued to see Jalen Hurd. Um, I I know that he's probably out. Is he, I, I think he's out for the season now, isn't he? No, I think Jalen Hurd was put on the uh, the IR designation that allows him to come back. Right. So right. I think he needs to be out until week ten. I think it's between week ten and right. week thirteen where he can come back. Yeah, but you got like the other. I mean, uh, uh, you know. Pettis to me has probably been a big big letdown this year. Um, you know the kid's got blazing speed, but man, he's got to be able to hang on to the ball. Yeah. Um, Marquise Goodwin again, blazing speed, but seems to be afraid of the ball. Uh, I, I, I can't quite get my head on that one. Yeah, I haven't been very impressed with um, Marquise Goodwin this season. The, the, there's something about him just doesn't look right. Um, he doesn't like. It seems like he doesn't want to get hit. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. He's suffering from a bit uh, Vernon Jamba Juice Davis uh, syndrome. <laughs> Here's footsteps when they aren't there. Yeah, yeah. Right, well, thank you for joining me on the show tonight, Kenneth. Well, thank you for having me. I it, it's it. been a pleasure talking 49 football with you. Always a pleasure. And I hope I haven't scared you off joining any more podcasts. No, no, this is my first one. I hope to do it again. Fantastic. Once again, thank you to our listeners. Um, please remember to like and subscribe. And also check out our YouTube channel, which can be found by searching for 49 of Faithful UK. We've had an influx of new members to the Facebook group over the past uh, two weeks. So if you're a new member and haven't checked out the events yet, we have two upcoming meetups. One in Edinburgh for the Saints game on December the 8th and another one in Newcastle over the Super Bowl weekend. So if you'd like to join us, head over to the events page and register your interest. Right, guys, we now head into week eight and a return to Levi Stadium where we come up against the Carolina Panthers. This game has been selected for live broadcast on Sky Sports. I know that's going to annoy some people. Other people will be fine with that. It is what it is. We will return with a preview show on Friday. 
and I look forward to joining you all in the game day thread on Sunday. Go Niners.